Hello, everybody out in internet land. Happy Easter if you celebrate it. If you don't, happy weekend, and I hope it was a long one. Certainly, the long weekend is a perfect time to catch up on things that went undone, like, say, updating all your podcasts. It's kind of a dearth of recording and editing and uploading in the studio today. Episodes are just popping up out of the ground like new flowers in the springtime, which is not a bad thing. Um, this weekend was also Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X. If anybody went to that and happened to see Ash Ketchum playing harmonica on a street corner, yeah, that was me. Had all sorts of fun adventures that day, but learning to play the Pokemon theme on harmonica really has been one of the the proudest moments of my life, so. (laughs) Also getting into the spring spirit with new discoveries um, is Poke Press. Um, They have an interesting article they put up last Sunday, um, what Mario Maker tells us about music discovery and how we interact with music, which... It seems that those two things like shouldn't be together in an article, really, but they it, it's actually a really insightful discussion on um, digital music services and the way we we search for them and how they're kind of locked into the past model of album that that mindset that instead of you know the way we search for things on say YouTube um, and of course through Mario Maker. And just how we kind of need to change our way of thinking sometimes as we move into this new age. Obviously, that's a, a topic interesting to me because I'm a podcaster. Like, I'm all about the the system is changing and we kind of have to adapt how we, how we create and market entertainment. So if that interests you, definitely check them out. Um, they're at pokepress.blogspot.com or I'll also have a link on my blog page. And you can check that out. Um, I'll give you that info as soon as this episode is over. This is, of course, the Pokemon anime podcast, PCAPI podcast, going through every single episode of the anime and discussing to the point of extreme nerdiness everything that goes on. And a couple interesting points get brought up with this particular episode. So it starts out, the gang is walking through the woods when a Murkrow flies over followed by a girl in a witch hat who immediately grabs Pikachu off Ash's shoulder, like, oh, I finally found a Pikachu, and starts nuzzling our poor friend. Typically, this ends bad for people who try this with Pikachu, but he's holding back today. Remember the rules of the convention. Ask permission before you hug and glomp people. Anyway, Lily, she talks a lot, um, but through her long paragraph of dialogue, explains that she's got a magic act, and uh, she needs Pikachu's Thunderbolt for it. And she can't find one, so she's been trying to cast a Pikachu summoning spell. 
basically she's a magician and, and she needs Pikachu's Thunderbolt. And Ash is like, yeah, but please respect my Pikachu's right to not be accosted or molested. And then Brock breaks in and is like, please respect my willingness to be accosted or molested within the bounds of a healthy, loving relationship. And Misty breaks in like, can you teach me magic? Um... Lily's brand of magic, Pokemon magic, is very science-based. It's more like chemistry, potions, and the like. Um, the kids haven't met someone like her before, um, though they have met another magician before, Melvin. Um, but that was a creepy episode, and I would be surprised if they're all repressing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, Pokemon magic involves Pokemon. Duh. Um, but it also involves... Other languages, Lily pulls out a book and it's written using letters Ash has never seen before. Which is impressive because Ash is trilingual. Like, no, really, I know we make fun of him a lot, but go with me here. Ash can read Japanese like the characters, katakana, kanji, hiragana. He's done all of it throughout the show. Even in the English dub, we've had a couple signs and notes left in for us. Um, we know he can read the fake Pokemon language, um, the one that starts showing up around Diamond and Pearl era. Pokemon Basic, I guess, I don't know. Um, and then he also reads street signs and notes and the like in English. He has demonstrated all of these languages in both the English and the Japanese versions. How well he can, like, speak and converse in those three different languages is a bit up for debate. Like, that's not been presented in quite the same way, so there's no way to judge. But as far as reading goes, he can read in three different languages. Like, I do joke a lot that his ability to read, like, was kind of in question for a while, because, you know, I can read street signs and stuff in Japanese. Doesn't mean I'm fluent, but, you know, then came season da when we caught him just casually reading a book like it was no big thing. And I love to point that out and make fun of it because, you know, before that, we'd never really seen Ash casually reading a book for fun. Um, but my joking aside, the fact remains, um, while it seems most of the regions Ash has been to speak one common language, there's a few different written languages he's been shown to have basic competency in, which basically makes him a lot smarter than most of us give him credit for. In fact, a lot smarter than most of us, period. Um, it balances out, though, because Ash has also proven himself to be spectacularly bad at math. Um, but back to the topic, if these are letters Ash doesn't recognize, then this book is far from its original home. Maybe it comes from the same place Fantina does. That and or it's really old. And Lily confirms this. This book has been in her family for centuries. Um, and she says that Pokemon magic like this is a dying art. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and the first spell we're going to try is for Misty, a spell to give her smoother, softer skin. Um, Lily starts combining all of these ingredients like earth dug up by a dug trio, hair from a flaffy's neck, dried Magikarp scales, that sort of thing. And it looks like it's going well, um, but then the smoke turns black. It makes a bunch of spinneracks spin their webs, cocooning poor Misty. And that silk is apparently really good for her skin. So Misty never tells us if it works, but it's, you know, how would you tell? Misty's skin always looks pretty clear to me. <laughs> um, but I bet she's thinking the cure is worse than the sickness right about now. And I would question Lily's competency as a magician too, just because, or, or at least as a, as a salesperson, because... <laughs> 
Like, it does seem that the result was the one she intended for, so it could be that this isn't a, a failure of her skills necessarily, but this isn't a spell to give Misty smoother, softer skin. It's a spell to control bug Pokemon. I just feel like things should be labeled properly, that's all. Anyway, um, sometime after this, Ash hears that there's a spell to let you read a Pokemon's mind, um, a spell that Lily's been working towards for a while. Um, it's a tough spell. There's a lot of ingredients, and it's never been cast correctly. And the final step is a Pikachu's Thunderbolt. And Ash is like, I have a Pikachu. We'll help you collect the rest of the ingredients, and we'll try out this spell. Um, so the hunt begins. They start looking for the other ingredients. One is the Stun Spore of a Parasect. Um, and they find a Parasect, but how to get Stun Spore? And Ash is like, oh, Misty. <laughs> Leave it to me. I have been hit by stun spores so many times in my life. <laughs> yep, he and Pikachu are taking one for the team. <laughs> Challenging Parasect to a battle and just hoping it uses stun spore. Um, Pikachu uses a very underpowered Thunderbolt, like Thunder Spark, really. But Parasect doesn't use stun spore, but sleep powder. Lily's Murkrow has to dive in to blow the attack away from Ash before he goes off to Dreamland. And it's like, come on, Ash explained what he was doing um, to Parasect. He was like, excuse me, I'm sorry, we, we need to get your stun spore, so we kind of have to battle you. Like, like, he apologized for the inconvenience, he had Pikachu use an attack that was barely a pinprick. Like, if Parasect wasn't game, all it had to do was use some stun spore and then let them go in peace. <laughs> like... Um, but it, it isn't cooperating, so they try again, and this time they get the stun spore they want. So, go team. Unfortunately, all this activity has attracted Team Rocket, who swoops in to grab Pikachu with one of their mechanical arm monstrosities. Um, but Lily doesn't think this is a bad thing. She needs the dirt from one of Meow's claws, so she, completely oblivious to the fact that Pikachu's just been kidnapped, um, sends her Murkrow to attack Team Rocket and collect the ingredients she needs. Um, thankfully, the, that action does, in fact, end up freeing Pikachu, but I'd be a little concerned, you know, if it didn't. Um, Murkrow ends up popping the balloon, which returns Ash to Pikachu and causes Team Rocket to crash on a tiny cliff. Lily, Ash, and all the company chase after them and find Team Rocket clinging to the rock face and hiding from Murkrow. Ash, Brock, and Misty decide to hang back, think about how to deal with this carefully, because if they run onto the edge of the cliff, it'll collapse. Um, but Lily, she just runs right out there. Yoo-hoo! Collects the dirt from Meowth's claw, then runs back to safety, just as the cliff finally cracks and crumbles. So, good guys are safe. Bad guys end up falling. They never prosper. Well, the last ingredient Lily needs is the tears from an apom. Um, and they find an apom, surprisingly easy. Um, but it doesn't really want to cooperate. All these humans obsessed with making it cry is understandably freaking it out. Um, and all the time they spend chasing apom gives Team Rocket a chance to catch up, and they realize the financial benefits of being able to read a Pokemon's mind. So cue their thievery. They steal the Apom, then Lily's magic kit. And they do this, um, this motto with such brilliant costumes. Like, oh, this is lovely. I think they walked straight out of Comic-Con with that. Like, really. Jesse might be a Cardcaptor Sakura parody. I'm not quite sure. Wobbuffet, I think, is dressed for Mardi Gras. 
Anyway, they try to fight back, um, Murkrow anyway, and it gets punched out and Team Rocket flies away. So naturally, Lily is distraught. I think she's finally realized that those, those guys are bad guys and dangerous and all that. But Ash declares when he's finished with Team Rocket, all they're going to have is a busted balloon. Whoa, Ash. Little aggressive there. Not that I doubt you're capable of this, just... <laughs> While he puts together his dramatic busting-up plan, Team Rocket lands in a canyon and realizes they can't read the magic book. They don't know how to use all of Lily's ingredients, and most of it looks like junk anyway. Kind of a useless haul. A except for poor Apom. I mean, they did get a Pokemon out of this. And then... James recognizes the text in Lily's book as coming from ancient Pokemonia. He can read it. Freak, he just one-upped Ash. But yeah, rich kid James spent a lot of time in his local library, I guess. He can understand this book more or less. Time to get some tears from an Apom. Um, but tears of violence won't work, so there goes all of Team Rocket's plans. Um... They come up with something new. It's time for some Rakugo. Yes, old-timey Japanese stand-up or rather kneel-down comedy. Make Apom cry tears of laughter. Except, James is not such a good comedian when he's trying. <laughs> Meowth uh, then tries a puppet show about a mother and a son that moves all of Team Rocket to tears but does nothing for Apom. It's, it's just bored. Jesse performs some elaborate romantic tale of heartbreak, and Apom just falls asleep. But while all their efforts are useless, it does give Ash a chance to catch up, and, you know, for being a prisoner, Apom's really not having it so bad right now. Since Team Rocket's forbidden from using violence, it's, it's pretty safe where it is. Um, Murkrow's recovered by now, so it battles Arbok, and Pikachu goes for wheezing. They free Apom, um, run wheezing out of sludge, and send the bad guys blasting off. And all of that was so funny to Apom. Um, it just can't control itself. It's actually crying with laughter. Um, go kids, this is the moment. Ash fumbles the play, but Pikachu completes the catch, and they have an Apom tear in a jar. So, let's try that spell. Lily combines all of the ingredients, Pikachu uses Thunderbolt to complete the spell, and Ash is enveloped in a cloud of smoke. Is it working? Well, he does feel a little like he's getting inside Pikachu's mind. But, well, it doesn't work quite how we planned. No, instead we get Ash-a-Chew! Ash transforms into a Pikachu. He's so cute. Of course, Ash freaks out for a bit now that he's a Pikachu, which wouldn't be surprising if he was a normal kid. I mean, they don't know if this is permanent yet. It's, it's a weird shock to the system, etc. But since it is Ash, there is a part of me that has to go like, isn't this your lifelong destiny dream to finally cross over and just be one of the Pokemon? <laughs> We've established that he sometimes doesn't behave especially human or, or think along traditional human lines in a in situations and connects much easier to pokemon than to people um but like pikachu is attached to himself as a pikachu rather than evolve ash is probably attached to the form he was born with his self as a human anyway the spell went wrong because apparently it continues on to the next page 
and it's too smudged to read. I would have hoped that Lily would have figured that out a lot earlier, but we've kind of established that she's a little flighty. Um, however, the one thing she knows for sure is that this situation isn't permanent. It'll wear off, and like that, a switch is flipped for Ash. Now that he knows it's temporary, this is awesome. And he immediately calls all the other Pokemon to play. I wish like, so much that they spent more time on this, because this is where the episode ends. But there's so much to be explored here, and it's something interesting to see Ash and Pikachu playing and interacting on the same level, like the same height, um, is what I mean. Because I've always been struck by the fact that Ash is like 12 times Pikachu's size, and that's got to play into their friendship dynamic. Like, it affects how they physically interact, and I think to some degree, how they emotionally interact, because that's a bit of a trust that Pikachu is placing in him that, you know, he won't be like other 10-year-old boys with, like, a puppy and accidentally break it. <laughs> like, And we know that even though Pikachu's personality could stay the same, if it evolved into Raichu, yeah, things would change between them. Of course, bringing that up, we also have to acknowledge the reverse is also true, because Pikachu can pretty much kill Ash by accident now. So... Thanks, Colress. Um, so, like, to have them the same size with the same abilities, um, you know, putting them on a, a similar playing field in their play just kind of throws things into a new light. Like, there are aspects to them that we could, you know, explore and discover. Not to mention, I think we all want to see Ash use an attack as a Pikachu, fight off Team Rocket or something. Like, I, I can't believe they missed that opportunity, but... That's why we have fan fiction, I guess. But now that we've done this, turned Ash into a Pikachu, I want an episode where Pikachu becomes human for a bit. Like, that would be super interesting. He'd probably hate it. Like, <laughs> it would be like evolving times a million. Um, but that's where the episode ends, like I said, just kind of there. Um, Ash will presumably be a Pikachu for a few more hours until the beginning of the next episode. But unfortunately, literally the most interesting thing to go down in the whole episode will not be expanded on or developed, so that makes me super sad. But that's not to say we didn't have any fun today. Like, I kind of enjoyed the suggestion of, of other cultures in the Pokemon world or ancient cultures in the Pokemon world, and I love being reminded again that Ash, Ash can read three different languages. Like, he's, he's a sharp little cookie. At least in certain things. It's it's not going to be long before we're reminded that he can't use computers and, like I said, proves time and time again how bad he is with basic counting and math. But the boy has some legit skills, so, you know, good for him. Anyway, um, if you want to comment on this episode, berate me for being late, whatever, uh, you can visit us at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. Or you can send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at pcappypodcast. Or if none of those interest you, you can just subscribe and, and receive the episodes presented to you as if you were a king by going to iTunes or Zoom and searching pcappypodcast, and then your feed will do all the work. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Again, have a good weekend, especially if it's a holiday weekend for you. This has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>